He's Jonathan. He's Timothy. And this is Project 1517. Scripture, theology, life. Well, we're dropping in here with a word from God, a word from God, a a direct quotation from God to Jonah, and it is powerful. We are going to try today to cover verses 2 and 3, and uh, we always say this, uh, but you think we can handle that, Timothy? I I think we can. I think we can, but I wouldn't um, be surprised because I have so my my heart is bursting with Jonah right now if we ran a little bit over but let's give it a shot I, I actually think it'd be helpful to start in this way because we've done this in other podcasts other books with Amos and Jude to do that hot air balloon ride to see some of the geography um, of Jonah and what what you know how would you describe chapter one of Jonah start us off with that Jonathan it, you have Jonah descending. You know, first of all, the Lord descends to Jonah, but it causes Jonah to do something really, really strange. And uh, by the end of this thing, we're going to find Jonah totally descended into the belly of a fish. And so something's going to go really, really wrong here. Something's going to go really wrong. He goes all the way down to Sheol. I mean, it's, it's bad. But I mean, basically, if you if you take that hot air balloon ride, what you have is Jonah chapter one is broken down into two segments. You might call them scenes, like scenes of an, in a play. And verses one to three is scene one. So okay, boom, scene one. Um, verses four through sixteen then are scene two. And actually, throughout the book, there's seven scenes. So we'll see this. And there's recapitulation, there's continuity, and there's also discontinuity in um, these scenes that we're going to see. And I think it helps our listeners understand, though, why we're taking this chunk, is we're going to look at just one scene here from exactly. the book of Jonah, exactly. which is verses 1 through 3. So it's scene number one. Here's the opening act, everybody. Yep. And, and we're going to be left with questions that are on, and gaps in the story that are only um, that we're only going to reach a conclusion on in Jonah chapter four, so this is going to be fun. Just scene one for today. Really cool stuff. You want to read it? So Jonathan? let me, yeah, right. let me read it, and then we'll start getting into the significant features here. Here's verses one through three, just to refresh. I know we did verse one last time, but here it comes at you. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, or son of faithfulness. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. <laughs> Wow. What are you thinking, Jonah? <laughs> it's not a good not a good idea to flee from the Lord. So you start out in and we talked about verse one, but in verse two, right away, you get this call from God to Jonah. This he is says it. go. He go. says go. And in the Go Hebrew, to the great city of Nineveh. In the Hebrew actually what he says is is go um, and get up. Go and get up. And 
what we're going to see Jonah do is Jonah gets up and then goes down. <laughs> so some, he does the the irony, right? He right. gets up and does the exact opposite. And it's really clear in Hebrew that he does that. He went down. Yeah, and sometimes we lose some of that in the English translation. I know we do in the NIV, but it's really like um, direct like disobedience that we have from Jonah. But like you said, what we have here is a call from the Lord. He says, get up and go <laughs> to the great city of Nineveh. So here, like... What are we going to be doing in this podcast? This is what I'm thinking, Jonathan. See, I want to see if you agree with, with me. But I want to be making applications as we go here. And a lot of people are thinking, you know, um, this is about mission. This is about uh, ministry. Um, but I want to make this book about vocation. I want to make it about callings from God. And there's going to flow a tremendous amount of applications right out of that. Jonah's being well, called here. He's being called, and, and we we have to talk about this more as the book develops, and especially as these verses develop. But I'll tell you what, a lot of times people misapply the book of Jonah. They say, oh, God wants us to do uh, some great work. He wants me personally to go to Africa to uh, be some kind of missionary for Christ. And the truth of the matter is very few people actually have those callings from God. Very, very few people. Other, most people have callings to be a great employee, to be a great church member somewhere, to be a great husband or a great wife or whatever you're or at a son in life, or a right? daughter, a student. I mean, we could go on and on. And... But all of us, all of us, all of us actually are called. We're just called to different things. Yes. And, and <laughs> oh, I mean, Luther's table of duties here is really good, right? Uh, really good. Different callings, um, vocations that each of us has. Um, this is Jonah's specific call to public ministry. This is his vocation. And the Lord calls him and he says, go and do this. Now, when we start talking about Tarshish later, remind me to come back around to this idea of going to Nineveh. Uh, I, <laughs> we're gonna, it's a, that's a powerful thing. But what I, th I think, okay, get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Now, what's interesting is that's God saying that. This is God calling a city great. Now, I think that God's calling it great probably for a different reason than we do. <laughs> it's probably not because it has amazing buildings or it, it's an, uh, an amazing technology or innovation center. It's probably not like, now this is going to date and timestamp the, the podcast a little bit. It's probably not what Amazon's looking for in a city when it's doing headquarters too, that everybody's talking about <laughs> these days, right? Shout it's out a to great Jeff city. Bezos, right? <laughs> Come on, Jeff Bezos. But this is going to be a different greatness that that God is considering, and I think I think we can think about God's heart for people here. He cares about Nineveh because people are there, and in fact, uh, you know, we should comment on on this idea of what is Nineveh? 
what is Nineveh in the scriptures? What is it culturally speaking? What is it historically? Because that really highlights God's heart here. Oh, yeah. I mean, he he says, go preach against it to Nineveh uh, because its wickedness has come up before me. So right there already we know um, what is Nineveh in the Bible? It's full of wickedness. It's full of it's full of evil. That's that's actually the word that that you have in Hebrew. It's it's full of evil. And historically, we know that about Nineveh. I mean, these are bad dudes. This is the ISIS of the Old Testament. These are the guys that yeah. would would chop off people's heads, put them on poles, and then put them outside your city. Yeah, they're flailing people. They're absolutely flailing people. They'd boast to the high heavens. Yeah, yeah. They'd boast to the high heavens about, you know, some of their best poetry was about making blood uh, come down the mountains like it's a stream. And, you know, Ninevites would love that kind of thing. It's bad stuff. These are bad dudes. And and God's heart is so big that he, he... it, it just encircles, it's set on Nineveh, and, he, and so he sends Jonah. He wants Nineveh for himself. He wants their repentance, he wants their faith, he wants their trust. Yeah, God's heart for Nineveh is just huge. His heart is pounding, he wants to bring them into his kingdom. Um, but Jonah's heart is not big. <laughs> It is not, it is, he does not love Nineveh at all. In fact, um, what, what you have is Jonah um, responds to this call from the Lord in a way that no other prophet does. I mean, Jeremiah is afraid, and he tells the Lord that, and the Lord says, do not be afraid. And Moses doesn't want to go to Pharaoh. And the Lord even gets a little angry at him for that. But he ends up going. But Jonah says nothing. Just silence. He, <laughs> he says nothing. He doesn't say, yes, Lord, send me, send me. He doesn't, um, he doesn't complain or talk about his weakness like Moses did. He just says nothing. And then he steps up his disobedience even more, and he just tries to run away. Well, you get this impression here that being a prophet is not always fun. <laughs> and Jonah, Jonah doesn't view it that way, does he? Like you say, you have this huge butt here, but Jonah ran away. No response to the Lord, except complete and utter shutdown and flight. I mean, he is just Jonah. What we're going to see is the most uh, wicked person in this book is at Nineveh. It's Jonah. He, he ran away from the Lord. The only time that this book of the Bible talks about great wickedness, not just wickedness, but great wickedness, is, is when it talks about Jonah. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that later. But like the, the, the commentators on this book have called um, Jonah self-centered, lazy, hypocritical, 
altogether inferior to the wonderful pagans who surround him, a good-for-nothing, a mutant dove, more like a hawk, self-centered, self-righteous, self-willed, a religious monster. (laughs) That's what they call Jonah. And already we're starting to see this in his character. And the narrator, I mean, if, if, if you're thinking, you know, you listen to the way the commentators talk about Jonah, uh, it, the narrator here makes this really clear that, the, listen to this wording here, but Jonah ran away. Now, if, if you are going to continue writing, what you might think is Jonah ran away from the calling or something like that. Right. Jonah ran away from, no, from this word from God. Yeah. But it actually says... But Jonah ran away from the Lord. So running away from a calling that comes from God is tantamount, is equivalent to actually running away from God himself. And, and it's, oh, I love this verse too. Verse 3 has a chiasm in it. If you, if you pay attention, he, at the beginning of the verse, he runs away from the Lord. And then at the end, he runs away from the Lord too. And some people think, oh, he's just repeating himself unnecessarily. But Jonah's hemmed in. That's what the narrator's showing us. Jonah is hemmed in by the presence of the Lord, and he hates it. He's trying to get away. He can't get away. Yeah, so he's, he's trying to get away from God. And anytime we try to get away from a calling, we're actually trying to get away from the Lord. And so what he does, when he does here, is he tries to run away from the Lord and then it says he headed for Tarshish. He headed for Tarshish. Oh, man. And we get two of those. We get this two. Like you said, we've got some, some repetition. We got some high structural repetition. You got Jonah running away at the beginning of the verse and at the end of the verse. You got him heading for Tarshish um, in second place um, there at the beginning of the verse. And then it comes back. He sails for Tarshish again at the end of the verse. So again, this is heavy, heavy repetition. And so we are really to think about what it means to head for Tarshish. Yeah, well, I mean, there's been a lot of work done on what is Tarshish and where is it? And, uh, you know, people think, some people think it's in Spain. I don't think that's quite right. Um, other, there's been a tremendous amount of work done on this little word, um, Tarshish. But recent studies have, have found that, that Tarshish was a rich city. It was a port city. It was, it was a mining city, and it was full of wealth. So it was a place where there was a lot of luxury. And um, some people think that, that this word Tarshish is kind of functioning as a double entendre, like it was a real place, but it was also a place of delight. <laughs> it was a place of luxury, uh, a place of desire, you know. So it was like that place that um, was better than wherever Jonah was, you know. Um, a place of comfort and security. Because, I mean, we got to remember, like, hey, hey, Jonah, go preach to ISIS. Swallow hard. <laughs> I don't think you I know? want to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we can understand that culturally, how, how Jonah would have felt that inside. And what he does, instead of saying, okay, Lord, um, or even talking back to the Lord and dialoguing with the Lord about this calling, 
He instead says, I am going to go to that place where I feel safe. I'm going to go to that place where I can feel delight. I am going to that place where I'm going to have comfort and, and security. And that is something that I think all of us can relate to. Oh, man. I know I can. I know I can. Think of, we can think of all the different callings in our lives. How many times we've said, I, we're called to our churches. We're called uh, to be parents. We're called to sometimes do confrontations in relationships so they can heal. We're called to all kinds of really, really uncomfortable places. And a lot of times, what do we do instead? We head for Tarshish, this magical place yeah. that calls our name. <laughs> you know, you know what I think we can do with this book, and and I don't think it's abusing it at all. And I think this book is a, it can be an allegory for us. And I, and I want to say that I want to couch that and say I believe that this is a real story that really happened. But it, it's got it's got spiritual geography for us, you know, for all of us, um, and it was real for Jonah. But our, it's spiritual geography for us. Like, how often do I um, go to Joppa searching, trying to buy a ticket out um, for Tarshish? Because Nineveh is a place of pain for us. It's a place where there are people around us that need mercy from us. And I don't want to talk to those people. I want to be angry with them. You know, I don't want to work it out. And, and so Nineveh is anywhere where there are people that need grace and mercy from us. And who we need to talk to. Yeah. And who we're and called to serve. To. So that might be a husband or a wife. It might be a son or a daughter. And we just don't want to go there. And the Lord's saying, no, I gave you a vocation for this. And so what do we do instead uh, of going to the people who need grace and mercy from us? Well, we go down to Joppa and we try to charter a boat for Tarshish. You know, um, spiritual geography, I think. Try to get to this magical place where it's a fairy tale, you know, that doesn't exist. Well, I mean, Timothy, we'll sacrifice a lot for this. Just like Jonah did. I mean, Jonah pays a lot of money to do what he does here. He sacrifices an awful lot to uh, take this trip. And and we think about that. Like, uh, you know, think about church relationships. The minute, the minute there's a tough relationship, we're called to our churches, you know. We're called to our churches to love the people there, to, to, to speak to people there, to have mercy on people there. And, uh, you know, the minute somebody rubs us raw, the minute we find out there's a sinner there, uh, man alive, we'll sacrifice an awful lot to get away from that, to find comfort, to find security. Or um, in a marriage, too, how often do we just shut down without going in there and having mercy, without speaking, without fulfilling that calling? Right. And in fact, we'll sacrifice a lot just so we can have this... Um, panacea of of delight and uh well it's not just members of churches either that want to get away sometimes it's pastors you know surfing the call lists and um spending time in joppa because nineveh you know is boring or whatever whatever it may be and or you don't even it, we don't even have to do talk about church life we can we can talk about work we can talk about 
going to work and everybody's surfing LinkedIn, you know, and indeed trying to look for spending time in Joppa, you know, um, trying to get to Tarshish and Tarshish doesn't exist, you know. And so um, at least the Lord's not going to let us get there yet. <laughs> That's right. And I'm not That's saying right. I'm not saying there's never a, a good reason to change your vocation. But I think we have to be careful about what our motivations for it. Um, right? Are we running? Are we running from something? Yeah. Are, do we not want to instead give up of grace going and mercy? to something? Right. Yeah. That's that's the part of this that we and like you say, this is a very real story, very, very historical, perfectly accurate. But what we need to look at is inside our hearts, are we running from something, from a real live calling that we have to be a dad or, or a husband or an employee and to do good work there for the Lord? And to remember that uh, when we run from those callings, it's tantamount in the scriptures to actually running from God himself. And you know what happens? You know where you end up when you run away from the Lord or from your vocations? I mean, we already kind of started talking about it, but you actually end up in Sheol. <laughs> I mean, it's bad. Right. You go down. You're as soon as you don't get up and go to Nineveh, you start going down, and the going down doesn't stop until you get to Sheol. And all of us, I don't know if I think our listeners. I mean, I feel this, but I'm convicted of this. I'm really convicted. I can see how in my life, how my heart is pulled in this direction. And that's why I want everybody to think of something right now. Or actually, I want everybody to think of someone. Because there was somebody who came who got a call from God. And he did have a calling from God that nobody wanted. Nobody wanted. He was sitting, he was actually in Tarshish, you could say. He was in a magical, perfect, heavenly place. And he said, God said to him, Son, I'm sending you to Nineveh. I'm sending you to this world. And that, mm. that, that person, that son said, Father, yes. And he got up. He arose off of his throne and he went down. He went all the way down to Sheol for us. And you can see the work of this Christ. For three he, days and three nights, he did. That's, that's why we, you know, that's why we call him. He is the ultimate prophet because prophetic work is hard. It's undesirable um, in many, many cases. And to see the Christ, to see the Son of God say, I'm going to do this for you guys. I'm going to do this for all of you who have fled the Lord's presence. And Jesus never did flee. He never fled once. He went. He heard the call of God. He came here for us, and he and uh, and saved us. Well, here's here's the other thing, and and you see this most clearly in, in Jesus Christ, um, the one who came and gave the sign of Jonah. But what you have here is a bunch of people in rebellion against the Lord and fleeing from the Lord. And that's what you have still today. And you know what? The Lord never gives up. And that's what, that's, that, that's what this book is about. He never gives up. He chases these people down who are running. And he tackles them and he says, uh-uh, uh-uh. 
I love you too much for this. You know, I'm I'm gonna I'll send a whale if I have to. Um, uh, 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 uh. And and that's what the cool thing is. And and so here we are in scene one, and what you got is Jonah's shopping. You know, he's trying to charter a boat to Tarshish. And and that's it. You know, the the curtain closes, and it's like a cliffhanger. And so we have these questions, and it's just a beautiful way that this narrative is written. But how will the Lord respond to this disobedience? What's he mm. going to do? You know, is he going to send fire from the sky and burn up this disobedient small man? Is he going to, what's he going to do? And the other question is, what's going to happen in Nineveh? Is he going to burn, you know, does Nineveh have to to suffer because of Jonah's selfishness? You know, is he going to, is he going to pull a Sodom Gomorrah out here or what? And so we're already started down this track. What's going to happen? It's, and it's exciting stuff. What is going to happen? Question mark. We are podcasting scripture one book of the Bible at a time. For more information, visit www.project1517.com or our Facebook page. We do invite you to support this ministry by sharing this podcast with family and friends and by giving us a good review on iTunes. You can also help with the costs of its production by giving a gift on our website. This is Project 1517, Scripture, Theology, Life.